It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Are you ready for some scolding hot takes? Talking Vikings with Dane Misutani and Chase Frederick. This is Inside Purple and Gold. Hey, welcome back to another edition of Inside Purple and Gold, Odyssey's new Minnesota Vikings podcast. I'm Jace Frederick here with co-host and Pioneer Press colleague Dane Mizutani. I'm going to be honest, Dane. There's a lot of things about training camp and preseason that, frankly, do not excite me. Uh, Certainly, we watch, we tune in, all these things, but not a big fan of doing the hand-wringing over who gets the 53rd spot and and who, you know, will play a few snaps on special teams throughout the season, but... This is probably the week that intrigues me the most. Um, The joint practices, Minnesota just held its first one today, Wednesday, August 17th with San Francisco. You were there in Egan, now coming to us from the bowels of TCO Performance Center in Egan. What stood out on day one, Minnesota versus San Francisco, starters, starters, we see everybody going up against one another. Uh, Main takeaways, I guess, just to start? Yeah, I think you're right. Like Training camp as a whole, like the ramp up to it seems really fun. And then you get into training camp and you're like, this kind of sucks. Like, it's kind of boring. <laughs> like, like I know there are people out there that are like diehard pouring over like the last 52, 53rd person who's going to make the team. But like, by all intents and purposes, like training camp does get boring, which to your point, joint practices make it fun. I think it makes it fun. Like, like personally for me, it makes it fun. But I think more importantly, the Vikings and you mentioned the 49ers are in town. It makes it fun for them. And that's something that was a huge takeaway for me today. Like just talking to the guys after practice, even talking to the Vikings before Kirk Cousins returned from COVID. Um, Wes Phillips offensive coordinator talked today and they're at Donatel defensive coordinator talked today before the practice even started. And everyone kept saying the same thing. You know, we're just excited to hit someone else. We're just excited to play against someone else um, and like get more, I guess, exposure to different defenses by this time in training camp, you're so in the weeds, I think as an offense going up against your own defense as a defense going up against your own offense. So you've seen basically what to expect. So coming away from practice today, I kind of tracked the offense most of the time. It's just so hard with how TCO is set up. It's three fields. So you basically get to pick one and hope you're on the right one. Watched a lot of the first team offense go up against the first team defense my main takeaway from that, Justin Jefferson is really good. I'm not breaking any news there. He was destroying every every corner in his path, basically. Whether it's a short dig over the middle, um, you know, a nine route over the top, whatever it was, he was open. Um, there were a couple flags thrown his way. It's pretty much the only way that the Niners could stop him today. Um, that stood out for sure. Kirk Cousins looked okay. Um, he threw a pretty bad pick on a – it looked like a wheel route to Dalvin that he just – didn't see the linebacker there, the safety over the top. Um, but, you know, all these things, um, I think just the main takeaway was I think the offense is going to be good. Um, I'll check in more with the defense tomorrow. Like I said, it's hard to kind of be in both places at once. Um, but first team offense looked good today. And, you know, obviously that we've talked about the backup quarterback too, Kellen Mond 
and Sean Mannion split those reps. Um, that was another interesting wrinkle for sure. It's the thing about these joint practices because, you know, everybody watches the preseason games or most of the people at least listening to this podcast do. And you get a taste of things. Um, we see in game one, like, you know, we, we talked about Kellen Mond and Sean Mannion, but so much of it is so many guys are resting. Um, so many guys aren't playing, even guys on the other team aren't playing. So then it's, it's tough to gauge things uh, to mm-hmm. pull much out of it. But we're seeing everybody in this. Um, almost everybody is taking part in all of these uh, drills. So you're kind of seeing best on best. And like Trey Lance, for instance. So joint practice number one was today. Uh, joint practice yep. number two is Thursday. And then the preseason game is Saturday. And the 49ers have said this all along, reiterated it today. Trey Lance is not going to play in that game right. on Saturday. So we're not going to see the Vikings defense against Trey Lance there. We will see that or did see that this week. Uh so it's, I think sometimes you can almost pull more out of it uh, in that sense where we're seeing like more best on best than you'll see at any point in the preseason. Uh, for me, I guess like it's it's still like a lot of drills and whatnot, uh, but what did you like, or what are you looking forward to maybe seeing from Trey Lance um, as we move forward here? Because that is a Minnesota guy that I think a lot of Vikings fans have interest in. Yeah, I think it's interesting because you bring that up about you know, he's not going to play in Saturday's game. And I think that's okay. And we talked to George Kittle, 49ers tight end after practice. And he was like, I think these two practices mean way more than the game because that's kind of what I wanted to get to as well. Yeah, totally. Because Trey Lance, if you play him in the game on Saturday in the preseason game, against the Vikings, which again, the the Niners have said, he's not going to play. Maybe that changes if they suffer an injury in practice this week, you got to throw him in, whatever. If he did play in that game on Saturday, he's playing like a series, maybe two, maybe three, maybe three. Uh, But he's getting a ton more reps in practice. And by nature, like obviously in practice, you get more reps. But he's getting reps against opposing teams and opposing players. And I think what I'm looking forward to seeing tomorrow is like in the limited time that I saw him today, again, you have to kind of pick a field. You could see his arm. And, And we watched him in seven on seven. He has a cannon arm. We know that he has a cannon arm. Um, I'm interested in kind of digging in tomorrow and seeing, like, how does he go through these progressions? I know that's the thing with a lot of these young quarterbacks. Like, are they a first-read quarterback? Can he get to his third read in these progressions against – look, I know Patrick Peterson isn't who he used to be, but he's still a darn good football player. Same with Harrison Smith. Can can Trey Lance get through these progressions against a defense that's showing him a multiple looks, that's looking – like one thing before the snap and then once the ball is gone is actually something completely different. Can Trey Lance process that in real time quickly? I think that's something we'll see in practice tomorrow, maybe even more than we would have seen in the game uh, on Saturday. So as a whole, I think these practices are, are going to, you know, accomplish what, what they want, you know, from both sides. Um, and, and when you look at it, that's why teams across the league have started to do this because at, at a certain point in training camp, you, you're just kind of beating a, you know, a dead horse with trying to practice against each other. And it helps to have a change of scenery. One thing I did want to touch on that kind of interested me personnel wise from what I've seen from that is that Ed Ingram did practice with the ones um, at guard at this point. Do you think Ingram is like, would be the betting favorite to be the starting guard come week one? Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't have said that last week. Um, I wouldn't. I don't even know if I would have said it coming out of Sunday, um, because he, you know, Jesse Davis got the first team reps on Sunday in the preseason game. Mm-hmm. Edder Ingram looked really good in the second team reps, but I thought 
and maybe this is just kind of your affinity to Mike Zimmer, like working with Zimmer for so long, rookies just don't start, especially on the offensive line. You look at it, Brian O'Neill, one of the best right tackles in the game, didn't start to like week six of his rookie year because they don't throw them into the fire like that. After leaving practice today, Ed Ingram took every single rep with the ones. Jesse Ingram or Jesse Davis, when he was in, took all of his reps with the twos. So I think the Vikings are saying, Ed, take this. This is yours. Uh, it's on a platter. Please take the starting role from Jesse Davis, this veteran. Uh, yes. So Ed Ingram, I think he's the, the betting favorite right now. I don't know how he couldn't be um, after seeing what we're seeing in practice today. Um, tomorrow will also be telling. Um, but it goes back to what we've talked about, about these joint practices all along. It's ones on ones. It's your best versus my best. And right now the Vikings want to see what Ed Ingram looks like against the San Francisco 49ers best. I think that's what's fortunate for Minnesota is that getting the second preseason game and more importantly, the joint practices that come with it against an opponent like San Francisco, like that's an excellent barometer. We, Mm -hmm. this was a team that was in the NFC title game last year really close to being in the Super Bowl. We expect them to be back in the playoffs this time around. They're really well-rounded and good all across the field. You kind of learn, you're going to learn a lot right now. Not to say that this is the end-all be-all, not to say that you can't have a bad Wednesday, Thursday, and still have a good regular season. But as far as just seeing where you're at, um, I think San Francisco is going to be the one that's going to expose a lot of flaws and maybe tell you like, hey, maybe we're better than we thought right here, right now. Um, so I, I think they're pretty fortunate to get such a good team um, because like, Hey, if you can hold up against San Francisco's defensive front, then you're probably in better shape than you thought. Or you might see like, okay, we are even farther behind than we thought because they destroyed us. Like they will destroy a lot of teams this year. Right. Exactly. And I think like to that point, you got to see Nick Bosa, you know, one of the best pass rushers in the game, maybe the best going up. They, the, the Niners are moving him around. He was going up against Christian Derrissaw at times going up against Brian O'Neill at others. And, Obviously, from a 49er standpoint, you want to see what he looks like against these bookend tackles. But for for the Vikings, like, what a privilege to have someone like that going up against Christian Derrissaw, seeing what he looks like in real time, going up against Brian O'Neill, really pushing him in that area. So, yeah, you see a lot of these these internal competitions happening. And, you know, I joked about Justin Jefferson at the beginning. Like, we learned that he's really good. But I think at the same time, while he's dusting these cornerbacks and everyone in the 49ers secondary – uh, it's probably making the 49ers cornerbacks better. Like they'll probably leave Minnesota on Saturday night or, you know, sun early Sunday morning, whenever they hop on their, their charter plane back to the Bay feeling like, all right, well, we got some good working. There's a lot, a lot of room to improve. And I think the Vikings will probably feel the same way, you know, probably not from Jefferson's standpoint, because I don't expect anyone to be better than him, you know, on the opposite side of the ball, but there will be things throughout the next, tomorrow's practice, like a Saturday's game where the Vikings do get thoroughly beat by the Niners. And you can leave this weekend being like, okay, we got this to work on that to work on um, ahead of September 11th opener against green Bay. How did you think the offensive front held up today? I mean, obviously it's a couple hours, you know, certain drills they're not even a part of, uh, but just from the limited action you saw like Nick Bosa and the different areas he was lining up, how did Minnesota fare? How did they hold up? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Overall, I think fine, like just fine. Like there were times where, and it's so hard in practice because like, obviously they're not bringing anyone to the ground and they're definitely not sacking the quarterback. So there are plays that Kirk Cousins would fire off to, you know, say, you know, a 15 yard route to Adam Thielen, a pass and catch, whatever completion, maybe he would have been sacked. There were a couple of those iffy, like did the pocket collapse there? It sure looked like it did. Um, where just your eye test is saying that that's probably a sack. Um, but overall, like, I think it, it held up fine at times they, you know, he had his pocket to throw in. There were times when Kirk was on the run at times. Um, and I don't think that's by design. I don't think it was, I think it was the pocket broke. I needed to scramble it. Did, I don't think it was a scramble drill. Like when we're, when they're working in 11s. Um, but overall, I think there's reason to be encouraged by the offensive line so far. Um, I guess we just really won't know for sure until September 11th, because no matter what, whether they, you know, they're going to play the Niners in the preseason game on, on Saturday, they're going to play the Broncos a week from later. You're not totally going to see the ones on ones on ones until September 11th. So I'm a little encouraged by the offensive line, but that's still probably one of my biggest concerns or biggest, if the season goes off the rails, what will it be from? it'll be from the offensive line. So we'll see that there's reason to be encouraged right now. Um, but, you know, but I hate to take the cop out answer and say it, but we're not going to totally know in, until the season opener. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, and frankly, that's, I'm right there with you as far as like, it's the offensive line and how does that hold up? It's the same things that we saw last season. Um, it's, it's the offensive line and how does that hold up? And it's defensively, you know, are they much improved? Like they really need to be much improved from last year's mm-hmm. team, which you know, frankly, it's it's kind of hard to see that as a possibility, but it, like maybe just getting Daniel Hunter back and Darius Smith, it makes it can a good pass rush can kind of change everything for you and make everything right. easier for everyone else. So that's where I'm going to be interested to see what you see tomorrow as you pay more attention to the defensive side, what we see Saturday in that preseason game, uh, because it, literally offensive line and the entire unit as a defense will probably make or break this season. And that's something we'll talk more about here as as we get closer to that September 11th date. Uh, you talking about Justin Jefferson shredding everybody. It just made me think of, I was just digging through like season long prop bets this year, uh, this morning for this upcoming season. And this surprised me because I was interested in like Justin Jefferson and the general intrigue and the prop betting lines. There's a bunch there for receivers. As far as receiving yards go, Justin Jefferson has the highest over under for receiving yards ahead of Cooper cup, um, heading into this next season. 1,350 yards. It's 50 yards higher than where Cooper Cup's at. So, you know, like we've talked about, he's talked about wanting to prove he's the best receiver in football. Um, We've talked a little bit about his upside uh, coming up here, and we'll get way more into that as well in these coming weeks. But the outside expectation is that Justin Jefferson is going to be right there statistically and maybe at the top. Um, Because if you're hitting that over, you're expecting a massive season. You're leading the league in receiving. What what they're saying is... Will Justin Jefferson lead the league in receiving? Essentially, right, right, right. And his, uh, his over under being fifty yards higher than Cooper Cups, who just set the world on fire last year, says a lot. I think about the pro- trajectory uh, that they hope he takes. Sure. Back One thing the, I want to talk about well, before yeah, we wrap it, up before we wrap up the the joint practices because I know we got a ton of other stuff we want to talk about. Me and you were texting about this before I I got out there today on Wednesday. One of the most hilarious storylines of, of joint practices is fighting. And 
You tweeted about this today, and I was going to pull that up. Damien's a totally tweet. The dumbest thing about joint practices are the fights. Yet here I am watching the Vikings and the 49ers at TCO Performance Center, hoping for something to happen. Am I the drama? Yes, you're dumb. No, <laughs> nobody like there is so much drama and like random stuff cooked up in sports all the time. We really need fighting in practice. Like that's what we need, Dane. You're, that's what we need to get something out of this. I understand that it is stupid. <laughs> I, I understand that if a fight were to happen and I were to tweak something about it, it would, people would latch onto it. And I understand the concept that that is stupid. Like I am contributing to that ridiculous narrative that, Oh my God, this guy threw a punch. Like the the world is, you know, what, what's going on. It means nothing. It's really stupid. But what I wanted to talk about before we wrapped up was something that it it seems like such a, well, duh comment, but it, it stuck out to me from practice. Okay. So the whole practice we're watching like, again, I watched the Vikings one offense versus the Niners one defense. There were some chippiness, you know, Adam Thielen shoving, I think safety George Odom. I don't know who that is, but he is a safety for the the 49ers. Um, and in my mind, like, oh, is there something going to boil over or whatever? That's just definitely something I'm trying to will to happen because I'm bored in practice two hours in. We talked to Kyle Shanahan. easy to write about if it happens too. Really easy. Exactly. I got the notebook today. Um, So we talked to Kyle Shanahan after practice. And one of the 49ers reporters asks, like, what'd you think of today? Also, how much of an emphasis was there on not fighting? (laughs) And Kyle goes, a huge emphasis on not fighting. In fact, me and Kevin O'Connell had a deal that if anyone throws a punch, they immediately get kicked out of practice, which to me bravo i know i'm cheering for the fights but like at the end of the day what are you here for you're not here to fight you're not here to throw hands you're here to work on the on the game get better and it's nice to me that like these coaches at least had this like expectation set like look go ahead go hard but don't throw a fight we're not here for that i am the drama jays i'm still hoping for one tomorrow but i i I very much understand that it's stupid i certainly think the likelihood of these things increasing on day two is high um, I, I mean, just getting the extra day out there, you just went up against the same guys yesterday. They finally maybe get under your nerves a little bit. I do think maybe that's becoming more of like the standard um, at these joint practices, because I've seen following a lot of reporters just kind of around the NFL, more guys getting kicked out, uh, more guys just getting mm-hmm. sent out the field, sent home. And I think there might be more of these types of agreements um, where it's like, hey, don't do this or <laughs> you're out of here. And that's not preventing everybody from doing it for not doing it because clearly some guys are getting thrown out of practice for the day, which I'd imagine from the coaching staff, you are not happy to do with that player. And we'll discuss with that player afterwards. Uh, So good, I guess on both Minnesota and San Francisco for withholding um, or keeping the the tempers down to some degree. Um, Adam Thielen, just, you know, keeping it to a shoving match and not throwing any fisticuffs. Uh, But yeah, I do think it has kind of become more the standard because this used to be like, these joint practices was like fight, 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 fight at all of them. Multiple fights per practice, um, mm-hmm. scuffles that changed in size. But it, there, and that was across the NFL. And I think a lot of coaches are like, "We're not doing it for this. This is stupid. Let's try to get something out of this." Um, so I think it's maybe moving in a positive direction for us sane people and a bad direction for you. I guess we'll leave it there, right? I guess we'll uh, <laughs> leave it there, and we'll circle back the next time there's a huge brawl in training camp. I can't wait. Can't wait for you to just be so excited for that discussion.